0: Chapter 9 of Concerning Isabel Carnaby. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Concerning Isabel Carnaby by Ellen Thornycroft Fowler. Chapter 9. Indecision do i love you can i prove you more than all the world to me thus i ponder and i wonder what my true reply must be one afternoon early in the season following paul's visit to elton manor he and isabel were seated under a tree in kensington gardens it was one of those days when spring pretends that it is summer and the parks pretend that they are the country and all the world pretends that it is young again nevertheless paul's face was very serious miss carnaby he said i want to speak to you isabel shrugged her shoulders i'm sorry for that and you look such a potent grave and reverend signor that i feel certain you are going to say something disagreeable now do think twice before you speak i have thought twice and twice a million times over twice a million times over i wonder how much that is i cannot do the sum myself i am such a poor adder or ought i to say a poor addist a poor adder sounds so poisonous and serpenty, doesn't it but paul would not laugh won't you listen to me he asked i suppose i have no alternatives as you have paid the penny for my chair and i am partaking of your hospitality for the time being but it really is a pity to use up such a lovely afternoon in speaking seriously serious speaking like bagatelle ought to be reserved as an amusement for wet days i really want to speak to you persisted paul i am not joking my dear sir i never for a moment imagined you were your expression just now would grace a mute at a funeral and yet you take the trouble to inform me that you are not joking you might as well have taken the trouble to inform me that you were not swimming or painting or driving a cab it really isn't kind of you to go on like this miss carnaby and it really isn't kind of you to spoil such a lovely afternoon by speaking seriously paul did not answer so isabel rattled on now you are sulking and if there is one thing i hate more than another it is a sulky temper i'd rather have a squint than a sulky temper any day besides dark men should never look sulky it isn't becoming to them it gives a lurid thundery sort of expression to their faces paul still remained silent but isabel did not dare to do so for a moment isn't it a jolly afternoon she continued and these gardens look perfectly lovely but i hope it isn't going to be too hot for the wallingfords ball next week i can't bear a hot ballroom your face gets so red and your fringe goes out of curl and altogether you look like one of turner's sunsets in the national gallery at least i do and i can't bear to feel i'm looking like a sunset why don't you smile when a lady talks to you it is positively refrigerating to talk to a man with an expression like yours why don't you smile like a little gentleman as the nursemaids around us would say because i am not amused that is very rude of you and you are generally such a prettily behaved person you don't seem to be listening to me either i'm not said paul i'm thinking about something else fie fie master seaton whatever will your mamma say when you get home cried isabel shaking her finger at him when you have quite finished i should like to have my innings said paul grimly but i don't in the least wish to hurry you you are the most unappreciative man i ever talked to look here miss carnaby it isn't fair to treat a fellow like this will you listen to me or will you not because if you won't i'm going away isabel looked to see if he were in earnest when paul was in earnest she knew by experience other people had to be in earnest too all right she sighed say your say paul's face grew very white i never made love to a woman before and i never shall again so i am a poor hand at the business but you know how i love you and i want to know if you will be my wife oh mr Seaton, i can't tell you what you are to me continued paul but you know as well as i do that i've cared for nothing in the world but you ever since that evening at you have seen how i have hungered for a kind word from you and how i have starved when it pleased your whim to withhold it from me you have seen all this and it has amused you but i think it has done something more than amuse you or else i shouldn't be speaking like this to you to-day am i right isabel yes she whispered i didn't mean to speak yet but i simply cannot go on like this any longer the thought of you comes between me and everything else till i cannot carry on my work or do my duty for thinking of you sometimes i think you really care a bit and then i am lifted up to heaven and sometimes i think you have merely been playing with me all the time and then i am plunged in the depths of despair i must know one way or the other this suspense is killing me poor boy said isabel gently no i don't want your pity or your friendship i want your love or nothing at all if i cannot have that i must do my best to put you out of my life altogether i will not go on like this still our friendship is very nice said isabel weakly it isn't enough for me it unsettles me and takes away my peace of mind without giving me happiness in return i feel that i could do anything with you to help me i feel i could do something without you altogether but i know i can do nothing as long as i am tortured by seeing daily my heart's desire and not knowing if it can ever be mine or not i wonder my friendship doesn't please you more said isabel with some pique other men have found it both satisfying and stimulating paul smiled scornfully not the men who have loved you as i love you he said other men love me as much as you do persisted isabel then let them love you and let me go replied paul roughly i may be poor and obscure and a nobody in your world but i am a man all the same and i'll let no fine lady make a plaything of me you are very unkind i am very unhappy isabel pouted it is your own fault if you are i am sure i am nice enough to you to please the most exacting man but i don't thank you for mere niceness can't you understand you are nice to all the men that admire you but there are some things a fellow can't and won't share i am asking for bread and therefore when diamonds and rubies fall from my lips you call them stones concluded isabel flippantly paul's face grew stern don't laugh at me he said it is doing both yourself and me an injustice if you cannot love me tell me so and let me go out of the sight of your face and live my own life as best i can and if you can love me tell me so and make me the happiest man this side of paradise but for pity's sake don't play with me isabel's eyes filled with tears please forgive me she said it was horrid of me but i did not mean it i know you didn't replied paul and his voice shook oh my darling do you think i don't realise all that i am asking of you do you think i don't know the all that you will have to give up if you marry a poor man like me but i want you dear and i cannot do without you you've always been very good to me said isabel tell me i cannot bear the suspense any longer is there any chance for me isabel looked paul full in the face i will tell you the truth she said i owe you that at any rate the best side of me does love you and wants always to be with you and knows that i can never be a really good woman apart from you but there is another side of me which cares for rank and wealth and power and fights against your influence all the time paul's eyes were very pitiful i understand he said the question is continued isabel which of my two selves is the stronger the one that loves you or the one that doesn't and you must leave me to fight it out by myself yes answered paul that is but fair and just i will wait another week patiently but after that i must know my fate once and for all and you must always remember added isabel that the self that is on your side is my best self and that if i decide against you i shall be choosing evil rather than good aunt caroline said isabel to lady farley the next day paul seaton has asked me to be his wife i knew he would replied her aunt men with chins like his never make love without meaning it i am to give him his answer in a week and i want you to advise me my dear child i dare not give advice on so important a matter you are twenty-seven therefore old enough to know your own mind and to please yourself i mean to please myself aunt caroline but i want you to help me to find out what will please me I will do all i can in that line with pleasure but the decision must rest with you alone tell me your pros and cons isabel thought for a moment the pros are that he is a good man and a gentleman and i love him and he has the nicest eyes in the whole world her aunt smiled and the cons the cons are that he has neither money nor position and would be considered a poor match in the world in which i live do you think you would be happy with him asked lady farley radiantly so he is so clever that i should let him make up my mind upon every subject i think it must be lovely to have a husband to make up one's mind for one some women prefer making up the husband's mind for him it is merely a matter of taste my dear isabel the only thing to be avoided is two separate minds in a house each making itself up i know laughed isabel a sort of william and mary business exactly what should you do if you were in my place aunt caroline personally it would not amuse me to marry mr seaton on the contrary it would bore me considerably he is so didactic and so overpoweringly in earnest but that is no reason why it should not amuse you it wouldn't amuse me to marry uncle benjamin you see and yet it amuses you not always my dear i have known it have quite an opposite effect but then your uncle is a g c b and a rich man and those things amuse me a good deal but love ought to count for something said isabel timidly of course it ought i am allowing for that but it counts a good deal more with some women than it does with others and a woman should take this into consideration some women positively enjoy a little mild starvation flavoured with romance i should i think then take it my dear said lady farley positive starvation is always i believe indigestible but the moderate starvation which your own comfortable little income would allow of might prove quite a treat to people who like picnics by moderate starvation i suppose you mean doing one's own hair and buttoning one's own boots yes and everything else en suite this again is a matter of taste and each must please herself but what i cannot stand is a woman who deliberately chooses love in a cottage and then throws the cottage in her husband's teeth and omits the love make your choice i say but when you have made it stick to it i have no patience with girls who will marry poor men and then quarrel with them for being poor agreed isabel neither have i if i married paul i should never be nasty to him afterwards because he wasn't rich i should hope you would not said lady farley i should be ashamed of having brought you up if you were but that is all the more reason for not being in a hurry i know it is i also think my dear isabel that among the cons you should reckon up the fact that lord wrexham is very much in love with you and that you might be a peeress if you were so minded yes you should also make a note that society will invite lady wrexham to dinner but mrs paul seaton only to the reception afterwards isabel winced i know that also then my dear child there is no more to be said this is the evidence it is for you to consider the verdict and isabel did consider it to the exclusion of every other subject and grew pale and wan with the conflict betwixt her contending inclinations but true to her order she fulfilled all her social engagements and talked and laughed as courageously as ever the marchioness of wallingford's ball was one of the events of the season and it fell on the eve of the day when isabel was to give paul his final answer yet the girl was as undecided as ever when she donned her war paint during the evening she sat out a dance with lord bobby he and isabel had become firm and fast friends since he had confided to her his attachment to her cousin violet and she had sympathized with him you don't look very flourishing said lord bobby kindly as they sat together under the shelter of a huge palm has any one been bullying you life in general has been bullying me replied isabel sadly how vile of it i never thought so badly of life before it certainly won't be worth living if it begins to be rude to you i shall have to give it the cut direct by committing suicide if it insults you again oh bobby do help me cried isabel with a sudden impulse laying a beseeching little hand on his arm you are so young and foolish and everybody else is so old and wise i'm old and wise too and i'm sick of it poor little girl what is wrong paul seat wants me to marry him and i want it too but i'm not sure if i've the courage to make such a bad match i know i'm a wretch to feel like that but that is how i feel bobby's pleasant face grew grave i know he said the good part of me loves him but the worldly part of me loves money and position and pleasure and i don't know which is in the majority if you were only a government instead of a woman you'd find out by means of a dissolution remarked his lordship then try the same method how do you mean asked isabel looking puzzled in the event of your dissolution what should you do if i were dying do you mean oh then of course i should care only for paul and money and all that would matter nothing to me then why not apply the dissolution test to a woman as well as to a government suggested lord robert there's a good deal in what you say i feel sure that if i sent paul away my heart would cry out for him sooner or later then why not let it cry now when there is a chance of an r s v p because i am afraid to give up all the rank and pleasure and luxury that have made life so pleasant to me it is selfish of me i know but i can't help it you seem in a regular fix said lord bobby with much sympathy every one i consult is so old and wise and knows so well the value of outside things does everybody grow worldly as they grow older i wonder everybody except mothers answered bobby simply they never get old or wise or anything horrid but i haven't got a mother said isabel with a little catch in her voice poor little girl said bobby and there were tears in his honest blue eyes you see continued isabel if i marry paul the frivolous side of me may come to the front when it is too late and i may spoil his life by becoming a dissatisfied and grumbling wife bobby nodded while on the other hand if i let him go i shall become hard and shallow and worldly and the best part of my nature will die of starvation oh bobby what am i to do bobby thought profoundly for several seconds then he said seaton is a good fellow there is no doubt of that but the question just now is not what is he in himself but how much does he count for in your estimate of life that is just what i want to find out sighed isabel look here continued bobby when he comes into a room does it seem to you as if the place was full of pink light and the band was playing god save the queen outside yes yes it feels just like that assented isabel eagerly then if you've got to that stage you mustn't let him go there's only one course open to you when you feel like that you can't of course be sure that you'll be happy with that particular person but you may be certain that you'll be utterly miserable without him there is my next partner searching for me said isabel rising from her seat thank you bobby how you have helped me a few days after lady wallingford's ball lady Estdale called upon her sister-in-law my dear caroline she began is it true that isabel has engaged herself to that young seaton perfectly true replied lady farley with a sigh how funny of her he isn't at all well off but isabel has got her own money so that won't matter as much as it might if she hadn't anything though i can't help feeling it is a poor match for a girl who has been run after as much as isabel isabel is old enough to please herself of course she is caroline i'd been married for ages and ages when i was as old as isabel but please don't think i'm saying anything against mr seaton because i'm not he is a dear man and no one knows how adorable he was once when dick was ill i was always confusing the gargle with the medicine and wanting to give the dear boy the wrong one by mistake but mr seaton never once mistook them for each other wasn't it awfully clever of him he is generally considered to be a clever man remarked lady farley dryly i know he is and so good and religious too of course it is awfully nice for a man to be clever and religious and all that but it seems a funny reason for marrying him don't you think lady farley smiled satirically funnier than if he were rich or had a title she said but isabel always was rather original caroline i wonder if she will be happy with mr seaton that is the idea i believe of course one cannot tell yet how it will work out and you will miss her i dare say continued lady Esdale, not noticing that her sister-in-law winced at this remark it will quite be like losing a daughter i should mind dreadfully if violet were to get married and yet i should mind more if she didn't i think it really is difficult to know always what one does want and still more difficult to get it added lady farley i never know which one hates the most the men who want to marry your daughter or the men who don't they both seem tiresome somehow don't they caroline my dear constance all men are more or less tiresome i know replied lady estale feelingly and so silly about their dinners richard says our new cook is a woman of one gravy and he wants me to speak about it to the housekeeper but if ever i do speak about things it always ends in unpleasantness and i'd far rather make richard angry than one of the servants so i shan't interfere lady farley smiled it takes all my courage continued lady estale to scold my own maid about things that really matter such as the way she does my hair and puts my clothes on and i really have none to spare for dinners and things like that but i do wonder if isabel will be happy I should think a small house would feel poky even with a really nice man like mr seaton shouldn't you stuffy to a degree i should imagine especially if one knew that one might be reigning as lady wrexham at vernacre instead and lady farley sighed again for she had been very proud of isabel chapter nine